What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously, as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that DrLisaO.com, click the shop link or click the link below. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at IRONICKmedia.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, welcome back to the show. I have Kate Vasquez today with me. She's a functional medicine physician assistant and founder of Radiant Health and an award-winning author. She loves empowering high-performance women to reclaim their health and vitality to become the confident leader that they aspire to be. She created the Radiant Method and wrote a bestseller, Estrogen is a Bitch, to bring awareness about hormone imbalances. Kate teaches women how to naturally balance their hormones, use their cycle as a superpower, and reconnect to themselves at their highest levels so they can create a life by design that they love living. Ladies, I really want to deep dive into estrogen today. We are going to talk with Kate about where is all this estrogen that we're getting, right? Like you've heard me talk about it on the podcast before. This is something we really want to become aware of. So I want to talk to her about that. And I really want to know about using our cycle as our superpower because we're all super women anyways. But man, let's up our game. Are you ready? We're going to talk all sorts of stuff, estrogen, and then uh, she has a great new book that's out. So we'll even deep dive into that. But like, give me a little bit of your backstory. How did you decide this? This book was so necessary, and 
How do you practice? Because usually that's how we end up transitioning into what we're doing, right? Because you're seeing something all the time in your practice, I'm assuming. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you first and foremost for having me here today. I'm just so honored and blessed to be having this conversation with you because it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. (laughs) Um, But yeah, a little bit about myself. I am a functional medicine physician assistant and um, I started as a PA about... I mean, almost 10 years ago, goodness, in 2012, um, initially was in cardiology, did that for a few months. And even though I love the heart, it was just too specialized for me. And I really wanted to just be able to see everything. And so I had the opportunity to jump into urgent care. And I did that for many years. I also did ER too, for like a short period of time, but I realized it definitely wasn't for me. So I stayed in urgent care for a long period of time. Initially, I loved it because I was able to give everybody a quick fix. And that's, that's why I got in medicine to help everybody feel better. And I felt this was the best fit because when people came in with whatever issue they had, you know, if they had a broken bone or a UTI, give them a prescription or split them up, help them feel better in the moment and then send them back on their way. It, but over time, I, I realized, I noticed like people, the same people were coming in all the time for like the same stuff. And they're like asking me, why am I getting sick all the time? And why are these medications not helping me anymore? And I didn't have any answers for them. And I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, I wanted to help them, but I didn't know how. Um, And then one day I heard Dr. Hyman talk about functional medicine. And that was the first time I heard about it. And when he explained functional medicine about that, it's the medicine of why get to the root cause, all the systems are integrated. It's like a light bulb went off. And I finally had hope because I, I always love like nutrition and fitness and being able to integrate, integrate that into medicine. But unfortunately the Western care model just does not allow that. And so, um, hearing Dr. Hyman speak, it just really got me excited. And so I was like, I need to learn more. So I, I decided to jump into the Institute for functional medicine got my certification through there. And at the same time, like, it's like, once you know what's possible, you can't go back. So I started my own practice at the same time. Cause I'm like, this is it. I want to do this. And, um, I also had my own health issues too, that, um, I was dealing with, which I, at the time they didn't seem like a big deal. Cause I have this high paid tolerance, but I had migraines since I was a child. And then I developed acne going through puberty and was put on birth control to help control that, which it did help. And that was a sign that that was a hormonal imbalance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then I developed a lot of anxiety in, in high school and going into college. And then while also in college developed a lot of constipation and bloating. And, um, I felt that some of the things like the constipation bloating was due to genetics. Cause a lot of my family has GI issues. And I thought that was my fate, but after a period of time, I was like learning about functional medicine. I'm like, no, like I can actually do something about this. So, um, learning functional medicine helped me to heal my body. Um, and also just to really help heal so many clients as well. But then I was still on birth control. So I did a lot of work <laughs> healing my gut learning how to manage the anxiety. Um, and then finally about almost, almost three years ago, be three years this May, I finally came off of birth control. And I thought because I did all the, a lot of the work, it would be a smooth transition because I also wanted to prepare my body for pregnancy. Um, and I wanted to make sure everything was in balance, but coming off the birth control, 
my hormones went crazy. And this actually surprised me because <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on with my body right now? Um, for the first time I developed irregular cycles, really severe menstrual cramps, tenderness in my breasts. And I also gained a little bit of weight in my butt, hips and thighs. And I never had that problem even before. Thankfully, my skin did not break out as bad, even though I did have a couple breakouts, but um, but I, I had to get to the bottom of this because this was definitely something I was not expecting. And I realized I need to look into my hormones deeper. So I did the testing, looking into my hormones and discovered I had an imbalance with estrogen and progesterone. Estrogen needed support with metabolization. And I also had low levels of progesterone. I also had low levels of testosterone as well. Cause my hair was falling out. <laughs> my libido was low. And so I'm like, well, that makes sense. So I worked on balancing my hormones and it took a good three, four months, but I was finally able to balance my hormones, get rid of all the symptoms. And my skin has been the clearest it's ever been. And because of that, um, I realized, um, Oh, not only that, but I started also seeing the patterns in a lot of my clients as well, that they were having a lot of the same patterns with their hormones. And that's where I discovered estrogen dominance. And then I realized like a lot of women don't know what estrogen dominance is. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of information out there. Granted, now there's more and more articles on Google about estrogen dominance than ever before, but I wanted to really make sure I educate women. So educate, empower, and inspire them um, to about their hormones and letting them know that there is, you know, there is a way that they can um, really optimize their, their hormones naturally. And that they don't have to be a victim to their cycle and to the PMS um, and, and suffer every month, um, especially if they develop the symptoms of estrogen dominance so that there is hope and that they can take their health back into their own hands. Absolutely. And I think that is, I see it so often, even in our practice and my practice as a chiropractor, I'm also a naturopath, but so many women suffer and it's not uncommon. So if you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, I just take a couple and and now it's everybody's working virtually. So, I mean, we can take a day off, right? Like I'm not working virtually. Unfortunately, I can't do that virtually do chiropractic virtually, but so many people over the years that are like, yeah, I take a week off of work because my periods are that bad. And ladies, like they shouldn't be that bad. They should not be. And so as we're going to discuss today, it's something very simple and we can look at it. There's so many effects in our environment now that are affecting us. Yes. And then obviously looking at it from the nervous system, I want to make sure the lumbar nerves are clear because so often if that's yes. off, they are going to have bad periods, which then leads to for pregnancy and deliveries and you know labor and deliveries later on, it's going to be all sorts of other issues too. So okay. where are some of the basics of when you start talking to people about estrogen, what, I guess, what's the conversation that you have? Oh, absolutely. So first I, I, I look at, well, I figure out what are the symptoms that they're having? Um, cause a lot of the symptoms with estrogen dominance are irregular cycles, heavy periods, um, PMS symptoms. So the severe menstrual cramps, the mood swings, the headaches, sometimes even insomnia, um, also breast tenderness. And that was the one that, that was the big one for me. And then the weight gain, the weight gain, especially in the butt, hips and thighs. Um, so those are like the five telltale signs of estrogen dominance. Granted women can have other symptoms. Like I mentioned acne too. Um, cause I never had high androgens. But um, because of the imbalance of my estrogen, 
I do believe that was contributing to the acne. So acne, brain fog, fatigue, which I also had as well, um, low libido, and sometimes even infertility women that are trying to get pregnant. If there's an imbalance with the estrogen progesterone ratio, that can definitely impact that as well. So first thing I I look at is, are they having the symptoms? Um, and are they lining with like hormonal imbalance? And then the next thing I like to look at is different factors that could be contributing to estrogen uh, dominance. And so the biggest factor is poor gut health, first and foremost, because when it comes to our gut, our gut, we have this healthy microbiome, which is made of trillions of pathogens, and they're actually playing an important role. There's actually some bacteria that play a role. It's called the astroglome, and they play a role in estrogen metabolism because estrogen gets metabolized in the liver first. There's two phases, phase one and phase two, and then it goes to the intestines for elimination. And it's so important because I too, you know, was experiencing a lot of constipation and bloating, had a lot of issues in my gut, which made sense, even though I was on the birth control, but coming off, um, I still had to look at my gut just to make sure that was optimized to make sure I'm eliminating estrogens. And that is a, a big, big part of, of, or a big factor in contributing to estrogen dominance because, there's also an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase, which is normally supposed to be low. It's supposed to allow inactive estrogen to pass through, so it gets eliminated. But when there is disruption of the microbiome, something called dysbiosis, when there's an overgrowth of bacteria, viruses, funguses, um, parasites, uh, then this beta-glucuronidase enzyme increases. And when that happens, it turns inactive estrogen back to its active form. So now the body thinks that oh, estrogen was supposed to get eliminated, but now it's ready. It's ready to get reabsorbed and be active again. And the the problem is is that our bodies are supposed to use it and then get rid of it. But now we're in this state where we're using it and then recycling it. And that's where the the problem lies and where um, a lot of estrogen dominance stems from is just that poor gut health. So let's talk about gut health with that, because I think everybody understands leaky gut is such a term that everyone knows about now. Um, let's explain where this stems from, right? Because people will say, oh yeah, I I have a leaky gut or, or that's not me. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even when we start talking about, um, things like candida, this is the classic thing that I always will use from way back when this was 20 years ago in practice in trying to explain this to a, it was a male patient and he's like, I don't have candida. Like I'm not a woman. And it was this connotation thinking, oh, well, it's just vaginal yeast infections are candida. And it was like, no, 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 no. There's so many other things. So let's talk about gut health, how that gets set up. Um, and which like you said, if the, if the gut is not healthy, Mm -hmm. like the body's just not going to be healthy. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, Hippocrates once said, and he was a physician like thousands of years ago, he once said all disease begins in the gut. And I'm like, when I think about that, I'm like, if you had that insight, then Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that goes to show, like there's, there's just been a, a tie with gut health and a lot of chronic disorders all this time. So I love that we're going back to that, but, but yeah, there's so many things that can impact the health of the gut. I mean, first thing was, was birth control that, you know, I was taking, um, and I took it for over 15 years and their studies show that it does contribute to leaky gut. It affects the permeable or the intestinal cell wall, um, lining to cause permeability, meaning it like pokes holes. So it allows things to pass through that normally shouldn't because the, since the intestinal cell wall is only one cell thick, it has very tight, tight junctions and barriers. It's only supposed to allow, you know, like 
very small molecules like water, vitamins, minerals pass through. But when you get that leaky gut, now you have big, big particles like, um, like toxins and infections passing mm-hmm. through. And of course, immune systems right on the other side. So it's triggering the immune system. And that goes to show too, like birth control, there's studies linking uh, birth control with autoimmune disorders, such as Crohn's and ulcerative colitis because of that. So yeah, so birth control definitely plays a huge impact in affecting the gut lining, which makes sense. I'm like, I started it in high school and then by college started having a lot of these GI issues. Now that wasn't the only thing also taking medications like anti-inflammatory medications because I had migraines. I was popping Advil all the time until I switched over to a prescription medication because Advil wasn't working anymore. Um, but I also was very athletic growing up too. So all, all those um, injuries, <laughs> would slips, yeah. pop that, yep, pop the Advil. Um, mm-hmm. So that, you know, in studies show that that affects the microbiome and intestinal lining as well. And then you have um, heavy metals. Actually, um, I was used to eat a lot of tuna, (laughs) even though they're like, you know, once a week is okay. I mean, I was like once, you know, one or two weeks, but I had a lot that had built Mm -hmm. up in my body. So that's going to impact the microbiome stress. Stress too is another factor that affects and actually influences our gut bacteria. In fact, there was a study that when I was learning about functional medicine, I came, I came across a study that showed that stress depletes lactobacillus bacteria. And of course, lactobacillus is the bacteria that's found in yogurt and all the probiotics over the counter. It's our healthy gut bacteria. Um, and when I had done the gut testing, I actually was low in back in lactobacillus. And that made sense because I'm type A personality, just gone through PA school. It was a lot of stress. And, and that makes sense why my gut was impacted. You know, so I, I tell my clients, like there's different traumas and insults that are impacting the health mm-hmm. of the gut. So stress is definitely one of those. And then speaking of another thing that's trauma and insult to the gut is food too. Yeah. I mean, something just so simple as, as consuming whole foods or foods that are very processed um, or contain even whole foods that are, aren't organic, that contain a lot of pesticides. So mm-hmm. when we are eating all these chemicals and ingredients that aren't natural, it's also impacting our gut lining and, um, and contributing to leaky gut as well and, and infecting the microbiome. So those are like the, the main factors that, it's so that true. Yeah. Well. Genetically modified foods, yes. the glyphosate, like it's, you know, I'm a kid that grew up in the eighties and I always just sit there and yeah. think of like <laughs> all of the Cheerios I ate as oh a kid. Gosh, right. And then trying to figure out why I had such gut issues later on or who wasn't on an antibiotic. Right. Like yeah. I remember going in cause I had acne and they're like, Oh, here's just a script for your, you know, like crazy stuff. So, um, so, all right. So what are the consequences if we're not balancing our estrogen? Yeah, that is a great question because if, if this doesn't get addressed, so if women have estrogen dominance, they're experiencing the PMS symptoms and their regular periods, heavy periods, if it doesn't get addressed, it can definitely lead to some estrogen dominant disorders such as endometriosis, which is a very big, big issue. And unfortunately, there are a lot of women that aren't being di- diagnosed for years. They're having these symptoms and these issues, um, like five, seven years before they're diagnosed. And really the only way to diagnose this is to do surgery, laparoscopic surgery, where they go in, um, and, and look to see, you know, is there tissue from the endometrium growing outside the uterus? Um, but 
you know, if we can like recognize like a lot of the women that are having these symptoms, it's just due to this excess estrogen that's contributing to that. So endometriosis is one of those that can develop also PCOS. So even though PCOS, a lot of women understand that it is an androgen dominant. So meaning there's a lot of testosterone and DHEA in the system. There's also elevated estrogens too. And sometimes that's not getting addressed. They're more focused on uh, addressing the high androgens, but they're not being, uh, looking at the excess estrogen that's contributing. And that's why a lot of women too, aren't really, if they go the natural approach, they're not really getting resolution because they're not looking at all the hormones that are playing a role. And this is also why birth control does a really good job of improving symptoms because it suppresses all the hormones, including estrogen and testosterone. But the problem is, it doesn't get to the root of what's Mm -hmm. going on. And And then you think of all the side effects that birth control has. Like that's, you know what I mean? I was talking with a patient about it earlier today too. And I was like, it's not something you want to be on forever. No, 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 (laughs) for sure. And then, um, and then other disorders is, um, uterine fibroids. So that's another big estrogen dominant disorder and fibrocystic breast disease as well, because estrogen does impact our breast, um, cells, it causes the tissue to swell, but it can also develop cysts to occur. And so when there's excess estrogen and stress and caffeine is just like the perfect storm for, for those cysts in the breasts. And then the last biggest thing, um, that's probably the most important is cancer. It can definitely lead to the development of cancer, specifically breast endometrial and uterine, but there's also other estrogen related cancers that most people aren't aware of. And that's because there's estrogen receptors all over our body. We have estrogen receptors in our brain and our thyroid, our lungs, our intestines, even in our bones. And so women, if they're developing other cancers, um, unfortunately, they're not looking at estrogen to see, is there imbalanced estrogen or women producing these metabolites? That's actually increasing the risk of the development of cancer, the growth of these cancer cells in the body. And so, so yeah, that's why it's like, it's, it's important like to, to really dive deeper into the hormones because we can really, I do believe we can really prevent the development of a lot of these hormonal imbalances and disorders and, and as well as cancer. Yeah. And you know, I want to circle back and talking about where we get some of the excess estrogen from. We, we spoke about the gut, but I know there's so many other places that we can get all these excess estrogens, right? Obviously birth control pills, et cetera. But I also want, I know I'm assuming you're going to cover all the other ones. So let's, let's hear them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, another plate, another actually is, is toxins. I mean, yeah. toxins are everywhere in our environment. And it's crazy because when I learn about functional medicine and, and the toxins in our environment, uh, learning about the environmental working group, they have a study that says women use on average 12 products per day and have 168 chemicals on their body. And when I read that, I was just like mind blown. And I started grabbing all the products that I was using and adding up. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I using 168 chemicals? And it was surprising because now that you have the awareness, now, you know, and then you can do something about it. And so, um, so the next step was to start replacing all, all the products I was using, the makeup, the shampoo, the, you know, body washes, the soaps, the detergents, and even the household cleaning products. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because like so many people are using like Lysol and Windex and, but these products are very, very toxic. They're toxic Mm -hmm. to our hormones. And that's because they contain ingredients called xenoestrogens, which are foreign 
chemicals that have a structure very similar to estrogen. And it's so similar that it actually binds to estrogen receptors in the body. So now, like, even if women may not necessarily be producing excess estrogen by being exposed to all these chemicals and they're binding to these receptors, the body thinks there's more estrogen than there really is. Mm-hmm. So that, can, that is probably one of the biggest, so not, not just gut health, but all the toxins in our environment. Um, and looking at um, also not just the, the household products and personal care products, but also what are you using in your kitchen? Because nonstick cookware is another big one that I ended up swapping out to better alternatives like glass or um, ceramic, stainless steel. Also uh, the, the storage containers too, for my food, I had, I used to use plastic. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, oh gosh. So I, I, I switched over to stainless steel or glass containers now um, because that way they're not releasing these toxins. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's so crazy. That's probably the biggest thing that that's contributing um, to these excess estrogens in our environment. Yeah. I'm all about simple steps here. And so that's why I always tell our patients and our practices, stop using like the, the plastic, like you just said, yes. storage containers and do not like I am not a fan. I don't own a microwave oven. I haven't had a microwave oven in my house for over 20 some years. But the <laughs> fact is like, do not microwave your foods in plastic. Yes. Like do not do that. And the other one for sure, like I know we all love like to have our houses smelling nice, but get rid of the Febreze, get rid of the candles. Yes. And I know we've all jumped over to essential oils. Mm-hmm. However, I really want you to so look at the careful. quality of your oils because so many of them are just fragrances. And so you want an actual... <laughs> oil that's coming from a plant and not something that they created in a lab to make it smell like lavender because it is, it's going to estrogenize all of that. Like I, you know, think back, is Bath and Body Works still a thing? I'm assuming it's still around, but you know, like all those stupid lotions we (laughs) threw on ourselves and all of the perfumes. And I mean, it's not, if you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to begin. It's simple. It's so simple. And this is like kind of when I reference back to other podcasters, one that we had done with my Mm -hmm. sister, um, and that's the Julie Rosales one where, where she just went through and said, just take one little thing and, and work on that. Yes. And then let's go to the next thing. But I love how you just said environmental working group. It's something for sure. Take a look at it. Your sunscreens, like, you know, all those, everything. And, and they, yeah, I was going to say there's, there's two other apps too, that I love think dirty and Yuka Y-U-K-A because they have a scanner in there. So you can actually scan what you're using at your home. So now you can take inventory of what products to start swapping out. And then when you go to the store, you can scan the products in the store to find which one to swap it out for. So that makes it two, easy. Two great. Oh, oh that's easy. awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. So we know where the estrogen is coming from. We know what happens when we have a lot of excess estrogen. Um, how do we balance it? Yeah, that is a great question. So <laughs> there are different things that we can do to start balancing our estrogens. The first step I love is seed cycling. It is so simple and it's coming from food. Like I am a true believer in that food is medicine. So the first step is to start seed cycling and women that are, that are cycling or even in menopause can do it. I always recommend women who are cycling to start on the first day of their period, women who are already in menopause because women who are in menopause can still develop a little estrogen dominance as well. So they would typically start on the new moon. And what women will do is when, when it comes to seed cycling, you're basically going to take two different types of seeds and consume them for two weeks and then switch to two different types of seeds. So for the first two weeks, when a woman starts their period, um, day one of the period or woman in menopause on the new moon for two weeks, she's going to grind one tablespoon of 
flax and one tablespoon of pumpkin seeds every single day, grind them fresh daily because fresh is better. Um, you don't want pre-ground because the nutrients are actually, <laughs> um, become rancid over time. So grind them fresh daily every single day for two weeks. And then after that two week period, switch over and then grind one tablespoon of sesame and one tablespoon of sunflower seeds fresh daily every day for two weeks. And once you finish that second week period, you're going to swap and go back to the flax and pumpkin and basically keep doing that alternating every two weeks in for at least, I would say like three to six months. I mean, you could still do, you probably could do this for life if you wanted to, mm -hmm. because you're going to get so many nutrients from the seeds. Anyway, the, the seeds are going to contain, um, different nutrients like magnesium and zinc, as well as, um, healthy fats to really help support your hormones. So yeah, I mean, if you were to do this for the rest of your life, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> you would get, I so mean, it's something they've been doing for like <laughs> millennia. So yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, little caveat, should they be looking more toward organic, especially for flax? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I highly, highly, yeah. Organic as much as possible. Yeah. And, and I do want to touch upon, cause, um, a lot of women are, are weary about, or can be weary about flax because it is a phytoestrogen, but at the end of the day, it's a weak phytoestrogen has very weak, um, effects. And even women that have had breast cancer, one tablespoon is not going to do, is not going to be a big impact on the body. In fact, there's actually studies that show the support of flax in actually preventing like flax and soy, they prevent, um, breast cancer because it actually attaches to beta receptor, um, or yeah, estrogen, estrogen receptor beta in the breast, which actually turns off and decreases risk of cancer versus the estrogen alpha, which is the one that actually turns on, um, the cancer genes. So you know, one tablespoon of flax is, is perfectly fine. And it's only for two weeks. So it's not like you're taking large amounts, but yeah, definitely organic as much as possible. The second step is to, to focus on the food because, um, food is going to help the microbiome, but also help estrogen metabolism. So the first foods I recommend is cruciferous vegetables. So those broccoli, kale, cabbage, bok choy. Now I know there are some women with thyroid disorders. Um, as long as you steam the cruciferous vegetables, you'll be fine because you're turning those properties, those glucosinolates when it's raw into sulforaphane, which is actually very powerful antioxidant and really helps with estrogen metabolism. So as long as you like at least steam, uh, cruciferous vegetables are definitely, definitely, um, fine to consume and it actually helps estrogen metabolism. Also, um, I recommend healthy healthy fats, like, um, you know, wild caught salmon, um, avocados, olives, nuts, and seeds just to really help support the progesterone production of progesterone. And then also, um, increasing fiber. So a lot of leafy greens, B or leafy greens, which contain B vitamins, but also, um, beans and, um, and lots of vegetables, because that's going to really help support regular bowel movements every day. And then also fermented foods, which is going to help bring in those healthy bacteria, those probiotics to support that healthy microbiome. But I do like to give a caveat. If you do um, consume fermented vegetables and it makes constipation, bloating, gas worse, um, definitely get your checked up, gut checked because that is a sign that there's something going on in the gut. But once you resolve those issues, you definitely want to bring in those fermented foods to help support the microbiome. The next step is um, supporting nutrients. I did briefly mention leafy vegetables have B vitamins because B vitamins are really important to help support estrogen metabolism. Also vitamin C is really important, magnesium and zinc. So 
I always recommend following up with a functional medicine practitioner just to get the the testing because at the end of the day, most of us are deficient in these nutrients. And if we don't have the nutrients to support estrogen metabolism, then we're not going to efficiently get rid of all that excess estrogen. So definitely get tested, support, get those nutrients supported. The next, uh, the next thing to help balance estrogen. And I didn't talk about it yet, but also, um, adapting to stress because, Right. When we have high cortisol levels, that actually takes away from the production of progesterone in our body because sex hormones and cortisol all come from cholesterol. But when the body is in a fight or flight mode, it's focused on producing more cortisol and less progesterone. Progesterone is produced more when we're in a calm and relaxed state. And that's because when we are stressed, our body is thinking of survival. It's not thinking of reproduction. So we definitely want to start managing stress, especially if we're thinking about getting pregnant. And that's something I always look at and address with women who are seeking to get pregnant because most of the time progesterone levels are on the low side and cortisol is high. So we want to make sure we're doing activities um, throughout the day or even before you even begin your day. So before you begin your day, you can do something like yoga, meditation, deep breathing, journaling, um, something that's going to be calming and relaxing. And then throughout the day, even if you take a moment and take a break for like five minutes and do some deep breathing, that can actually be very beneficial and helpful as well. Or at nighttime, winding down, like taking an Epsom salt bath, drinking some chamomile tea, doing stuff to really help calm down your body and your nervous system. And then the last thing is start eliminating those toxins. So as we mentioned, one at a time, um, make a list of all the products in your home, start swapping them out one at a time, just to really reduce that toxic burden in your body. Absolutely. I love it. Um, there's so much out there and there's so much uh, like misinformation out there, but I love that you had just spoke about with the cortisol and progesterone. Cause I was just going through another podcast and that was specifically like, yeah, I laugh, but who hasn't been under stress in the last year? Yeah, and sure. then when we are under stress, like it's, <laughs> yeah, your, your immune system take like all these mm-hmm. other things too. So we want to oh, yeah. just try to adapt to stress, even when the world continues to throw us some crazy stuff. So (laughs) let's talk, let's talk about our cycles. And, um, I think, I feel like this is something over the course of the last several years, we just get more, um, there's more, what is the word that I'm looking for? Um, Oh my goodness. More attention, I guess, being brought to it Mm -hmm. where it's okay for us to talk about our periods. I think out in the open, maybe it's just I don't know, but let's talk about how we can talk, how we can use our cycle as a superpower. Yes. I love talking about this because yes. it's it's so important. Um, you know, cause I mean, you're, you're right for very many, many years, like talking about our cycles and our periods, which is kind of like so taboo. Yeah. 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 But at the end of the day, I'm like, if, when, when our hormones are in balance, we actually are super women and, mm. and that's because our hormones are fluctuating throughout, throughout the cycle. And if we can be really in tune with that, we can really use that as our, our superpower. And with that being said, when our, our, um, like for example, during the menstrual, so there's four phases of the cycle. There is the follicular phase and luteal phase, which breaks the cycle in half. And then you have the menstrual phase, which is when we have our period during the follicular phase and then ovulation, which is that that point that breaks the cycle in half, um, transition from the follicular into the luteal phase. And because of that, the hormones are constantly fluctuating. So to start, um, 
when we, when women start their period and start the menstrual phase, which is also the beginning of the follicular phase, all our hormones are at their lowest. So there, our energy, we're going to feel like our energy is very, very low. And with that being said, this is not the time to like, really like crank it out at the gym and to knock out our to-do list because we're just not going to have the energy and stamina to do that. And so what I recommend for women to do is just to really like focus on self-care during this time, because Um, And this doesn't necessarily mean like take the day off or take a whole week. I mean, it's nice. Sometimes if we're able to take a week off during our our period, definitely do that, but that's not always reasonable. So um, incorporating more self-care during this time and delegating too, delegating a lot of tasks because, you know, as women, we tend to just take on everything. It's like, oh, we'll just do it because we do it better. But at least one week during the month, just see, ask your, your significant other or, you know, um, someone at work, see if they can help you out for that week. Um, and it's going to really help you really help you to just recharge during this time. And women that are just like, you know, go-getters that are constantly planning, like this is a perfect time to just like visualize and create your goals. Um, and then if you're working with a team, like start, you know, get together with your team and just like review things from the the previous month. And my, the superpower during this time is, is intuition. Cause this is like the best time to just really tune into your intuition, to your heart. What is your heart saying around everything that that's happening? Um, and then for, then, then you go into the light follicular phase. So as our hormones start increasing, we get a rise and in our hormones, like estrogen and testosterone, it starts increasing. So we start gaining a little bit of energy and a little bit of momentum. And during this time, um, when we have a little bit more energy, I always recommend just having fun and being a little bit playful. And this is actually the time, like if you want to take risks and experiment with things, definitely do that. And if you have some tasks and things to do, you can start implementing them, but one at a time, like just like slowly transition because women will start to feel a little boost in their energy and they're going to want to do it all. So definitely take it easy. Um, what you don't want to do is yeah, tackle everything at once during this, this, uh, phase of the cycle. And the superpower during this phase is called laser focus. So if you really want to focus on like creating a project or whatever it is that you're creating, um, this is going to be the best time to do that. And then as you move from the late follicular into the ovulation phase, um, this is going to be about mid cycle. And this is where you're, you're going to feel like your energy is the highest. In fact, when I'm in this phase, like, I feel like I'm top of the world. Like I can do anything and conquer anything. And when you're in this phase, um, when the energy is the highest, this is when you're going to be the most productive. And so I always recommend, um, yeah, really knocking. This is when you can like grind it out of the gym and knock things out. And (laughs) you want to, you know, this is the best time to like schedule meetings and presentations because you're going to show up as your best. And, and also like take the time to just like go out and hang out with your friends and with your spouse and your significant other, um, and say yes to opportunities. That's also going to help you to just like grow and, and move forward. Um, but what you don't want to say is yet, well, during this time, you don't want to say yes to, um, to other people's agendas because you're going to want to say yes to everybody, but you have to be careful. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so definitely be careful, mindful of that. And the superpower during this phase is mastery. Um, just because you're going to feel like you can just conquer everything and take on the world. And then after ovulation phase, the hormones start declining and, um, cause they're going back down, um, 
And when the hormones start declining, you're going to feel the energy starts to drop a little bit. You're also going to notice that you have a low tolerance threshold. So be careful because this may be sometimes when, you know, if your, your spouse says something, you're going to want to respond, but be slow to respond. Also, um, this is the best time to like, just finish up tasks and projects that you're doing. Also the best time to really like take care of the to-do list and to clean your house. Um, but also just focus on simple tasks. You know, don't, you don't want to like focus on tasks that require a lot of energy and brain power. Um, so you definitely want to focus on those. Um, what you don't want to do is just like focus on multiple tasks, um, at the same time. And the superpower during this phase of the cycle is insight. So yeah, once we understand like how our energy works and the best time to do, you know, specific things, we can really, really optimize like our performance efficiency and like really show up our best in each, each phase. And another thing, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, and another thing, another mistake that a lot of women do is that they power through Mm -hmm. their menstrual phase and follicular phase, which can, um, a lot of the time lead to burnout. So this is Mm -hmm. also the importance of, you know, tuning in to your, to your cycle. Yeah. And it's that recognizing like, okay, so if I'm a little bit more tired, when I'm having my period, that makes sense. Like this is how the Mm -hmm. body's going to react. And so when you understand, I think it's just a beautiful thing to realize like, Hey, we have the opportunity. If you if we messed it up this month, we can figure it out again next month. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I've done that before. Cause at the end of the day, I'm like, sometimes things don't always line up. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I have to give a presentation while on my period, but I, what I do is I really focus on self-care as much as possible. So that way I can still show up and and perform my best. Um, so yeah, it may not always necessarily line out that way, but you do the best that you can in each phase of the cycle. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think is the beauty of, of what we've been going through the last several years is there's been so often where all of us have been able to sit tune in and become Mm. so much more, um, aware of our innate and our intuition and following through on those things. Absolutely. Kate, this has been amazing. Can you share with us where they can find your book? I guess, I mean, share with them the title of your book. I didn't even talk to them about that, where they can find it, where they can find you, (laughs) social, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah. The name of my book is called estrogen is a bitch. And that's because it can become a bitch when it's imbalanced. However, you know, I, I want women to know that Estrogen is not necessarily a bad thing. And I talk about in the book, like the benefits of having estrogen, but what happens when it does become imbalanced and uh, definitely dive a lot deeper into that because I really wanted women to understand the role of estrogen. And I also call it the Goldilocks hormone. Like you, you don't want too much and you don't want too little. You want the right amount of estrogen. Um, so you can find my book on Amazon and then where you can find me is at yourradianthealth.com. I'm also on Instagram at Kate Vasquez underscore PAC. So if you have any questions, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to, to connect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was such great information. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited and that we had this conversation today. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. 
All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this... I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.